the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. We invite you to join us in worship this Sunday at either the 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service. For more information, visit our website at LargoCC.org. Jesus is offering salvation, forgiveness, healing, eternal life. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. May Jesus Christ be praised because He's worthy. He's worthy. He's so great and wonderful, doing so many great and wonderful things for us. And he never stops. He continues to bless and minister to us. And so we're here to celebrate. Now to celebrate, there must be a reason or a purpose to celebrate. Our team wins in a sport event. We celebrate. Our child graduates Uh, We have a party. We celebrate. We celebrate something great, something beautiful, something wonderful that personally touches us and affects us individually, personally. But if he hasn't touched your life and come into your life and you haven't had a personal experience, well, you'll be a spectator. You won't be celebrating. But those who know Jesus as Savior and Lord are truly, truly a happy, blessed and a celebrant people. When I received Jesus as my Savior so many years ago, I remember how my dad questioned what had happened. He saw the change. I had been truly born again. Uh, there had been such a change. And I was celebrating Jesus. I loved his word. I loved the church uh, that Jesus was the head of. And uh, I was just celebrating Jesus all the time. But you see, I had had a personal experience. I had a purpose and a reason to celebrate Jesus. And that's all I wanted to do as a young boy, just celebrate Jesus. But my dad couldn't quite understand that. But before he died, he had that personal experience with the Lord only two weeks before he died. And I'm sure he, at the age of 49, he had wished that he had given his heart to the Lord because those last two weeks were the greatest two weeks of his life. And he was dying, leaving this world, but he was celebrating Jesus as he left this world. Friend, if you know him as your Savior, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it again. That simply means praise the Lord because he's worthy of all of our praises. Now that's how it was in the beginning of his life. You see, Christianity is, is a religion of celebration. It's a happy religion. I hear some of these other religions in the monotone, and they echo. And I was, have been in other countries where the, the, it, it, it sounded mournful. 
But when I come to church and we sing, make Jesus Christ be praised, or we sing the courses of hallelujah to him. But it all started at his birth with angel singing. He came amidst celebration. The sky lit up. Angels announced his birth. Maybe that announcement was put to music. I'm not sure. But it certainly got the attention of the shepherds. And when the angels went away, I'm I'm sure the shepherds wondered for a moment, hey, there's a big celebration going on over there in Bethlehem. And uh, why don't we go over? You see, people are attracted to celebration. I go to funerals because I have to. Not because it's a time of celebration. Uh, I'm mourning the loss of my dear friend. I celebrate because he or she has gone to heaven and are now in the presence of the Lord. And I'm going to see them again someday. But I am very sorrowful when I I see them uh, for the very last time in a lifeless body. Their body is there, the temple, but, but they're gone. But when I come to church... I'm a, I'm a hap, happy trooper. Are you happy today? Yes. Well, you ought to try to look like it. <laughs> Smile. <laughs> Jesus is here. And he's doing great and wonderful things. The shepherds went to Jerusalem. And the scripture says, when they returned to the Judean hills... To look after their sheep, they returned rejoicing. Now, that's a wonderful way to go home from church, isn't it? Not say, I thought that sermon would ever get over. You know, that was the longest, boring service. No, but to rejoice because we've had a personal confrontation with the living Christ, with Jesus. The shepherds returned. The wise men, they came. They looked up in the sky and they saw a star. You know, on Sunday morning, there's they're just something up there that comes down here that says, get up and go to church. Jesus is going to make an appearance today, and I want to be there in the house of God and meet him. I want him to see me where I'm supposed to be. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I didn't get a hand clap on that one, did I? <laughs> okay, but I'll go on anyway. And the wise men came. They followed that star. They knew there was something out there that was so wonderful and so great beyond a human expectation, beyond human words to express. And no matter how long it took them, and it took them a long, long time, they finally saw Jesus. And when they saw Jesus, when they saw Jesus, I saw him in the hymn today. I saw him. Even in the announcements, because the announcements are saying great and wonderful things are happening. And I saw him in the fellowship and the hugging and handshaking. And I saw Jesus. And when the shepherds saw Jesus, they couldn't help but bow before him and give to him the very best that they had to give to him. They gave to him their all. So this religion called Christianity is a religion of rejoicing, a wonderful religion. Now, that's how it all started. But it kept up. You, you see, it's, it's just not a, a one-time thing. Like Minister Hooper said something about going to church on Easter and Christmas. Well, I'm glad if that's the only time you come, I'm glad you come. And I want you to keep coming on Easter and Christmas, but I'd like for you to come other times also. But 
But if you only come two times a year, I'll not condemn you for it. I want you to come. Come as often as you can. Don't you love the house of God? Because Jesus is there. You know, people, <laughs> people saw him differently. But they all rejoiced when they saw him. You see, today some are going to be forgiven. Some are going to be healed. Some are going to be encouraged. Some are going to meet Jesus in a different and new way. But we're all prayerfully going to experience Jesus and meet Jesus today. Now, there's a lot of people that they don't say a whole lot in, in this religion. Like I said about my dad, all those years from the time I was a little boy until the time I was about 26 years old. That's how, about how old I was when he died. But all those years... He couldn't quite get the message. He couldn't quite understand his son. He couldn't quite see what I saw. But I saw the gold. I saw the diamond. I saw the treasure of great price in Jesus Christ. See, my dad had a business. Uh, In addition to being um, a railroader, uh, he was a conductor on the railroad. But in in addition to that, he had a coal business, and he had trucks, and he ran that business. And he sat me down, and he talked to me, and he said, Jack, we're going to make a fortune. Not exactly those words, but he even got some of his business associates to sit me down and talk to me. He said, you're going off into this religion, this church entity. He said, but we're up here where money can be made. Money can be made. No, Dad. I'm not interested. I'm interested in him because he's interested in me. I can acquire all the money in the world and be the greatest businessman. And we can run the trucks and buy more trucks and buy more trucks and hire more people. But that doesn't doesn't touch my life. My life is touched by Jesus. He loved me. He supported me. My dad did. But he never understood me until approximately two weeks before he died. And then he tasted. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. (laughs) And he experienced it. He's in heaven. And I know he's praying for me today. Imagine he looks down and he says to my mother, who's also there, you know, Jack's gotten old. (laughs) But the blessing of the Lord is is always there. Well, the Pharisees were somewhat indifferent to Jesus. They they didn't see him like the disciples saw him. And they certainly didn't see him like the people on the road to uh, uh, the the triumphant entry. Uh, They they told Jesus, hey, stop these people. Uh, Can't you, this obstreperous situation, it's gotten out of hand. Uh, can't you stop these people? Jesus said, if I did, the stones would cry out. But somebody's going to worship me or something is going to worship me. But they didn't see him that way. But on one occasion, Jesus asked the disciples. He said, I, I know I'm using my words. But Jesus was telling the disciples that he knew that people were out there saying things about him. And he said, what are people saying about me? Now, Jesus took these disciples to uh, uh, Caesarea Philippi. Now, that is a at that time was a stronghold for pagan worship, about 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. There was a temple there to the god Pan, a temple there to the god Baal, and then Caesar had built his own temple. So he took them up there into that pagan territory, and he said, now, am I just a god among gods uh, uh, with a little g, 
Or am I, am I your God? Am I the God of heaven? Am I the God who made it all happen? And the disciples said, well, some people, they're saying, well, you're, you're, you, you're like John the Baptist. And some are saying you're like Jeremiah. And you're like one of the prophets. Now, notice all those people were complimenting Jesus. John the Baptist. Elijah. One of the prophets. They all were lifting him up and putting him up there among the notable greats. But Jesus is not just a great person or a great personality. He's the king of peace. Jesus said, okay, that's what people are saying. People are out there saying nice things about me. You know, most people will say nice things about Christians. But Jesus said, but you, who do you say that I am? And then Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. Now notice what Jesus said in response. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. You didn't learn this from a book that you read. You didn't get this out of a seminary classroom. This has been revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Now, friend, that's how it happens. That's why people who don't have it can't quite understand it. This is something that is divine, that is birthed by the Holy Spirit. I I couldn't tell my dad with all of the human logic and all my seminary education, I couldn't quite convince him. I just couldn't do it. You see, words doesn't do it. Not even sermons. Only the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can allow you to look down into that diamond and see how valuable it is. Jesus is here to reveal himself And bless us today in a great way if we would look upon him. You know, there's a story in the Bible. It's a fascinating story. It's a woman who came with an alabaster box. This was Mary. Uh, Her sister was uh, Martha. Her brother was Lazarus. But she came with an alabaster box. And Jesus was reclining in a leper's house. And she broke that box open and poured that ointment over his head. And it ran down, I'm sure, on his shoulders and down and fell on the ground. Even some of the disciples said, hey, this could have been sold for a lot of money. Even the disciples were taken up with money, money, money. Money is a root of all evil. And people are chasing money today. And they will do what money dictates And Jesus is offering salvation, forgiveness, healing, eternal life. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And here, this woman comes. And even the disciples, this could have been put to a much greater use. Friend, you can put your Sunday mornings to a much greater use if you're thinking carnally. But if you're thinking spiritually, you'll worship and you'll bow down. May Jesus Christ be praised by you and me and all who know him. Do you know the value of that, what she put on the Lord? Now, she was not a cheap Christian, a cheap follower. That alabaster box was worth one whole year's wages. Now, think about it. How much do I love him? How valuable is he to me? Can I give an entire year's salary to him and, and cry and weep and worship him? I mean, we talk about our love, but how, how deep, 
How sincere, how far does it go? But here's the story. Here's the one that really gets me. They crucified Jesus. And there was a centurion there that crucified him. I know I'm ahead of my story, but I'll tell you, when I'm putting this message together, I couldn't help but be moved and marvel. This centurion may have been the very one that drove the nails with the hammer into his hands. If he didn't do it, he gave the orders to his underlings to do it. He may have been the one that took the spear and thrust it into his side. He was there. He was the boss of the operation. And then when Jesus was dying, Jesus looked at those people who scorned him the way they did, and he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And then, with a loud voice, he cried out, It is finished! And he gave up his spirit. And that centurion that orchestrated the crucifixion looked at him and said, Surely, this is the Son of God. Friend, how are you looking at Jesus this morning? Is he the Son of God? The Lord of glory? Or is he just something else? I don't know what. Well, in the beginning of his life, it all started with celebration. It was celebration all during his life. And then, nearing the end of his life on Palm Sunday, John chapter 11, uh, verse, no, 12, 12, John 12, 12. Jesus, going into Jerusalem for the last time, only a few days now, he'll be crucified. Just a few days. And a multitude of people were there. Josephus, who was a Greek historian of that day, well respected, and to this very day he still is, he estimated that the crowd at Jerusalem, 2,700,000. It was Passover time, and every adult Jewish male was required to be there. And the streets of Jerusalem were literally jammed. And then there were a lot of people that wanted to see Jesus, who had raised Lazarus. They wanted to see Lazarus, who had been raised from the dead. And there was this great crowd of people there to see Jesus. The scripture says they took palms Something similar to what we have here. I don't know how they look over there, but they took palms and they began to rejoice and wave them and celebrate his coming. He was coming into Jerusalem and they were singing the the hallelujahs. You know, there were three times in the Bible that palms are mentioned. First, in Leviticus 23, that's a Passover, uh, that's not a Passover, but that is a a, a feast of celebration. Uh, They were celebrating they're coming out of Egypt and how God had delivered them. And they made these booths and it was called the, the Feast of Booths. And they lived in these little booths. But they were celebrating the great deliverance that God had given to them. And they waved branches. And then obviously on Palm Sunday, that's another time it was in the scripture. But then in Revelation chapter 7, in heaven, can you imagine that we're going to have something like this in heaven? Waving them at the Lord. I'm going to get back to that in just a moment. But those, those three times, and they were waving these palm branches because Jesus was coming and he was on a little donkey. A little donkey signified peace. 
The horse signified war and battle, but Jesus was coming as the king of peace. And I read that and I thought, Lord Jesus, how many people today need peace? Peace in their own troubled, confused hearts. Peace in their own conflictual families and homes and marriages. Peace among the nations of the world. How we need Jesus today. But the world is still putting him out. Friend, don't put him out. Don't rush him off today. Let him come into your heart. Invite him. He waits to be gracious. He waits for an invitation and he will come in. Now, the Pharisees didn't really know that they were being prophetic, but they were so prophetic. I'm going to close the message now. They thought things had just gotten completely out of hand, completely. And they, they looked at each other and they said, the whole world has gone after him. They didn't know how prophetic they were speaking the whole world has gone after him. That day there were ra- people of various races, various nationalities on that triumphant uh, entry road. Uh, uh, fathers uh, were holding up their little babies uh, to look at Jesus, get a look at him. You know, here comes the president of the United States. Uh, here, look at him. Look at him. No, but here comes Jesus riding a little donkey, the king of peace. Maybe you'll never have another opportunity to see what we're looking at today. Look, he's the son of God singing hosannas to the Lord. Today, there are multitudes still coming to the Lord and accepting Jesus. But I I have to close, but I have to read something. I have to read. I'm going to turn over to Revelation chapter 7. There's a great multitude going to be gathered in heaven. He said, John said, after this, I looked and there before me a great multitude that no one could count from, listen, from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches. There it is. Palm branches. Friend, get a hold of it today and hold it up. Because you're going to be doing this in heaven someday. So hold, wow, look at somebody making the, into crosses. Hold them up. Listen to this. They were holding palm branches and waving palm branches before the throne. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. And they were crying out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Hallelujah. They, They worshiped God. Because God knew them and they knew God. Their lives had been changed, wonderfully changed. The Prince of Peace had entered into them and into their hearts. And all things became new. And when they just... Now the, these people that I just read about are not the ones that were raptured. There's even that crowd. That's, that's us. These were the people that came through great tribulation that no one can number. There's going to be multitude upon multitudes, thousands upon thousands upon thousands in heaven, shouting and worshiping the Lord because they have something to shout about and something to worship the Lord for. Do you have something to worship him for? Has he come to you? All you need to do is invite him and he comes. 
The whole world has gone after him. The scripture says the day will come when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Little did those Pharisees know what they were saying, that they were speaking truth. Let's go after Jesus today. Let's go after him. He came from heaven to earth. He came after us. Do you need Pastor Morris to pray with you about a struggle or decision you're wrestling with? The Pray Now app is available to you right now. Go to thehealingword.com, click Pray Now, and select the topic that matches your request. Pastor Morris will provide encouragement, pray with you, and deliver a brief message on overcoming and living in victory. I also invite you to check out all the ministry resources available for you at thehealingword.com. There, you can search and listen to messages that match your need and send your prayer requests directly to the pastor and he will pray for you and return an encouraging note. You'll find all these gifts waiting for you at thehealingword.com. If today's message has blessed you and strengthened your faith in God, would you consider partnering with Pastor Morris and supporting the Healing Word ministry with your prayers and donating to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ reaching thousands? Go to thehealingword.com and click the donate button to pledge your support. And remember, the faith-building message you heard today is our gift to you. Your donation is your gift to God. Join us tomorrow for another Healing Word message. Until then, blessings on you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.